Welcome to Simple Grace Radio, where we share God's glorious grace for a transformed life. I'm your host, Adrian Crum, and we're starting a new mini-series called Grace Stories, God's outrageous and surprising grace working in the ordinary lives of people here at Harvest Church. And we are talking to someone that you know. We're changing her name. We're going to call her Elisa uh, because of the possibility that she will end up in a, a closed country and her identity uh, should be protected for future years. I'm excited to talk to Elisa because here she'll talk about her family uh, upbringing, in many ways a common Reformed Church uh, upbringing, and then she will introduce three concepts, uh, E1, E2, and E3 outreach in different kinds of foreign missions contexts. Let's dig into our conversation with Elisa now. I have been in the Grand Rapids area for two and a half years and got to know your family pretty early on. Some of the things that I appreciate about your family so much is very, very hospitable, spur of the moment kindness is one of the <laughs> things that I associate with your family. Uh, we've been to Boardwalk Chapel a couple times with uh, your mom coming alongside us and the the kind of intentional all-in uh, generosity is mm-hmm. something that I really, really appreciate mm-hmm. about you guys. For those who do not know your family, how many kids in your family? I'm the second oldest of 10 kids. 10, yeah. So there's... And always raised kind of in a farm context? Yeah, I was born in Lansing. And then I think when I was probably four or five years old, we moved to the farm. So now we live on a hobby farm. Um, have some acreage, big red barn. But it is, it's still a lot of work, but it's still a hobby. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of 4-H, a lot of raising livestock. And just life on the farm. That's great. One of the things, another thing that I appreciate, uh, your parents work with me in the youth group at Harvest, and they always mm. ask me, what is the purpose of this? Yes. <laughs> Which yes. is a good thing to ask. So what is the purpose of the farm, if I can ask? Why did you guys do that? Yeah, the purpose of the farm, well, we have a family purpose, and mm. the farm just kind of fits into that. Yeah. Let's see if I can say from memory our family purpose. The Vandery family seeks goodness, truth, and beauty through integrity, reliance, and delight through hospitality, generosity, and genuine love as an act of worship for the glory of God. Mm. So our That's farm, wonderful. we do our farm, we host events at our farm, we offer our farm as part of that okay. statement as who we are as a family. It's a way to show hospitality, way huh. to be generous. The idea is everything that we are flows out of that purpose statement. That's great. Ultimately for the worship of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early experiences with missionaries? Can do, do, Did you have interactions with missionaries as a kid? Or uh, what was your kind of first impressions of missions, if you can rem- remember that? Yeah, I remember growing up going to mission, like OPC missionary conferences. Um, we held, held it at Harvest a few times. I held it at other churches in the presbytery. So I distinctly remember being a child going to those. And then a few memories of as a high school student. But the ones that really stick out to me are the times when I was, was as a child. Um, or the youth events where the missionaries would come speak to us in middle school. I remember sitting on the ground in the classroom. We were learning about China and talking to a missionary from China. And she was just sharing a little bit about her life with us and some pictures and a lot of stories. And just being just kind of intrigued by that kind of living and that kind of I know we read biographies as kids I don't can't say I remember a lot of them yep. 
But I think what really, the part of the DNA that I think my parents put in me or instilled in our family, maybe unintentionally, probably not, was just a a DNA that we are going to live a life that is devoted to the Lord, committed to the Lord, and given to the Lord. And mm. so I think when I felt called to the mission field, it wasn't a foreign idea. It just flowed straight out of that DNA. And it looked like, growing up, it looked like committing myself to the Lord and living my life in devotion to Him through my basketball team and through homeschooling and through showing up for in 4-H. But yeah, it was just kind of a, your life is for the Lord and how it's going to look and it's going to be sacrificial. It's going to be a life that counts. And the mission field just kind of made so much sense. I was asked to speak at Missions Week at a church in Tuscumbia, Alabama. And what that meant was I uh, talked about personal evangelism because that's what I'm excited about. Let's say a Saturday workshop they wanted me to do. And then Sunday morning, morning and evening, they had kids walk in to the worship service with flags from all the countries of the world. And they brought missionaries that they supported to their church and prayed for them. Um, And I thought to myself, I feel like I've stepped back like 30 years. (laughs) This seems, this feels like something churches were doing 30 years ago. And I was curious, why has that decreased and why are, so you were trying to set something up. We may have to cancel it uh, because of the snow this weekend, but um, Children for the Nations, just give me a a snapshot of why you think maybe a sense of foreign missions has decreased in local churches Mm -hmm. and what you hope the Lord will do in terms of changing that, uh, let's say, here in Grand Rapids and, and around the country. Yeah, I don't know if I could put a pinpoint on why it's changed. Sure. It definitely seems like there is some kind of culture shift, maybe, away from missions as kind of the life of the church or, or part of the life of the church or mm. the, the mission of the church, um, and more into it seems more extracurricular sometimes, and then missions become something that's a good thing for some people to do for part of their life instead of something that we should be striving for, looking for, raising up our children to do. I don't know where the shift happened or mm. we'd be really interested to read more about that. You guys have not talked about that much radius at all, the um, seeming uh, I think, melting I away of missions focus in the U.S., it seems like. I think the context... I think the reform context has shifted in culture. And so at Radius, there's a lot of people who've just been raised with the mission field in mm. front of them, which is great. So I think the context I'm coming from is maybe new Different to the field. Thing. So back to your story. So when did you first get a sense of like, I may be interested in going to another country and yeah. reaching the lost? And how did the Lord work that in your life? Yeah, so I remember being introduced to missionaries as a child. I went to a number of different youth group mission trips just on this side of, or in the U.S., so not overseas, but was given the opportunity to be out of my normal life for a week and get a taste of what ministry life can look like, which I think was really helpful, really eye-opening. And I think I was trying to put put words to it, like what is so compelling about this to me? I think it was just a life given to the Lord 
in service to him and however that's going to look. So still pretty vague and yet just had a desire to be a part of something bigger than myself. And then graduate high school in 2015. I have a little tiny bit of background about me. I've always been homeschooled, always grown up in the same church. And I just felt like it was really important for me to go to college for a semester. Wanted to just see what that was like. Didn't want to close the door on that altogether. Mm -hmm. And then also I was still interested in missions, but felt pretty naive about what that would be like. Thought I'd do a semester of college and a semester overseas. So I went to Cornerstone University for a semester and then went to Uganda, Africa for eight weeks. And then came back for the summer after Uganda and enrolled at a school called Gillespie Academy in Canada. And that was a really, really good year. Just a, it's like a, I like to describe it as a mini seminary. A Bible for, school or Bible yes, college? Yes, yeah, okay. it's not accredited. It's held at a ARP church in Woodstock, Ontario. And they just do some, just help you get some really foundational, solid, reformed teaching. I've always grown up at theology class with Pastor Dale. So this was like theology class every day. It was mm. incredible. I learned a lot. It was good to be a uh, student in a new country for a year and made a lot of really good friends. And it was good for me to be in a new church for a year to really pour into a new church family community. While I was in Canada, the missionaries that I was with in Uganda asked if I'd come back for a year. I came home for the summertime and then left early September and was in Uganda for a year. And my role there was to homeschool kids, the missionary kids, and just be a part of life with them, live life with them, and do ministry. Uh, there's... We had ministry with different kids from the village every day. I just loved, I loved the work there. I loved what we were doing. I loved What, what were the highest, let's say, highest of the high points for you there? Yeah, I, pouring into the, being part of the missionary family was a was just such a rich gift to me. I got to know their kids really well and just got to be a part of their lives, welcomed into their lives in a very special way. I didn't live with them. I had my own house, but on the same compound, so interacted with them a lot, ate all my meals with them. So I just, I'm so grateful for that family and inviting me in. So that was a, definitely a high. I have a lot of friends from the, the church that we were being a part of planting over there. So worshiping together with that church family was definitely a high. Just getting to know kids there, doing a lot of mentorship and discipleship in that context. They speak English primarily in Uganda, so entering into ministry for such a short time was simple in that area. Made a lot of friends with Boda drivers, uh, the, like, the only taxi or mode of transportation that I would use mostly was these little motorcycle taxis. That was just a really sweet opportunity to get to know people, talk to people, just make friends with everybody and anybody. Um, at Radius, we talk a lot about a distinction between E2 and E3 work. So E2 would be in a context that's in a language that has already had the gospel brought to it or in a community that has the gospel, has churches, but there's still work to be done, like seminaries and orphanages and wells to drill, disciple-making, but within a context that the gospel's already been there. Uh -huh. So Uganda would be an E2 type of work. There's a clinic there. There's seminaries that they're building. So there's still a lot of necessary work to be done. But Radius is training specifically and exclusively for going to E3 work, which would be the next context. So essentially what I would do is I would land in a country, 
I would learn the national language, the E2 language, and then I would move to the targeted people group. And then that's the language I would learn. There's no gospel in that language mm-hmm. yet. So that's the context that we'd be doing church planning in. And the idea is to be leaving it as a self-sustaining, not a Western run or a missionary run church or mm-hmm. community. So I think it's a good distinction to make because it helps us kind of see that there's a lot of work to be done in an E2 context. But Radius is seeing that there's a hole in that people aren't going to the E3 context and they're not, that's not where missionaries are being sent or money is being invested. And people, if they are going to the E3 context, they're not trained well for what that's going to require. So Radius exists focusing on that so that they can be direct and specific, but then also kind of supply mm-hmm. needs that. Can you tell me about the E? What is that? E, what, yeah, what good E1 question. or E2? Or e, the e, the e for the E2 is ethnos. So ethnos oh, okay. two, ethnos three. That's a Greek word for? For languages. It was great to get to talk to you. I look forward to the next two parts of this mini series of this church member that we are sending to train to reach unreached people groups. And again, we had to change her identity so that she could be protected if she uh, in the event that she ends up in a closed country. You can hear more of our podcasts, Simple Grace Radio, on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And we encourage you to click the send button to share with your friends. Come again to our podcast when we'll be sharing God's glorious grace for a transformed life.